a majority of football players whose brains were donated for research suffered from a degenerative brain disease during their lives called chronic traumatic encephalopathy, CTE, according to the largest sample of players ever studied. The report was released today in the Journal of the American Medical Association. Of 202 deceased former football players, 177 were diagnosed with CTE, which can cause a host of mood and behavioral issues, as well as thinking and reasoning problems. CTE shows up in athletes and others who've had repetitive injuries to the head, such as concussions. The only way to diagnose the disease is with an autopsy. Therefore, researchers interviewed family members and friends about the symptoms the players had experienced. The severity of the disease seemed to track with the number of years spent playing football. Behavioral and mood problems such as impulsivity, anxiety, and depression were commonly reported in both severe and mild cases of the disease. One major difference, however, was that dementia was more common in severe cases of CTE than in mild ones. There still isn't a way to diagnose CTE during life, and that's the 800-pound gorilla in the room, said neurologist David Brody of Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis. Hey guys, it's Pedro with the Science Rundown for Wednesday, July 26th. Today we're debuting a new segment called Wellness Wednesdays. But after that, your science headlines. If you knew you could prevent type 2 diabetes, would you take the necessary actions to do so? On today's Wellness Wednesday, we'll share some of the risk factors for prediabetes. A recent article in the Journal of Internal Medicine revealed that most primary care doctors may miss prediabetes. Fewer than 1 in 10 named all of the risk factors identified by the American Diabetes Association. The condition affects an estimated 86 million Americans and could eventually lead to type 2 diabetes. It's estimated that 90% of those with prediabetes don't even know they have it. So what are the risk factors? Well, there are non-modifiable risk factors like age, race, ethnicity, gender, and a family history of diabetes. The modifiable risk factors are inactivity, obesity, high blood pressure, smoking, abnormal lipids, and high plasma glucose levels. The truth is, diet and exercise can really do a lot to prevent this condition. According to the Centers for Disease Control, if you have prediabetes, research shows that doing just two things can help you prevent or delay type 2 diabetes. Losing 5-7% to of your body weight, which would be 10-14 to pounds for a 200-pound person, and getting at least 150 minutes each week of physical activity such as brisk walking, that's 22 minutes a day. To take the ADA Type 2 Diabetes Risk Test, click on the link I've attached. If you think you're at risk for prediabetes or type 2 diabetes, consult with your doctor. For the Science Rundown, I'm Pedro Flores. An unlikely hero has emerged in the fight against HIV, the cow. A new study published in Nature is helping researchers find ways to help HIV-infected individuals produce more broadly neutralizing antibodies, BNAPs, which are known to combat multiple forms of the virus. This is important in HIV treatment because the virus alters slightly with each cell division, meaning that a single antibody can't keep up. The study may help scientists understand how BNAPs are harnessed Cows don't get HIV, however, they make antibodies with features that may help combat the disease. 
Researchers injected cows with a protein that's very similar to the virus's envelope and cows produced antibodies to block it. The proteins were then extracted and tested against multiple strains of HIV in a petri dish. Devin Sock, director at the International AIDS Vaccine Initiative, said of the epiphany, quote, it was like an alignment of the stars where we had vets, cow antibody scientists, and HIV scientists all talking, and we came up with this, end quote. While helpful in reliably encouraging the development of VNAPs, the study hasn't discovered how to prompt the same growth in humans. However, the discovery opens up the possibility of using cow blood in a clinical capacity for short-term treatment of HIV. An estimated 11 million people in the U.S. are currently living with HIV.